Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. What a wonderful privilege and joy to be free to worship Him. Amen. Some of you may have made some New Year's resolutions. I want to ask a question. How's that working for you? <laughs> it seems like it happens every year that we've got the best intentions and we start and we have our plan, we have our goals, and then after a few weeks, things just kind of fizzle out and we don't follow through with it. Almost every sport, think about baseball, basketball, football, tennis, golf, follow through is extremely important. That when you're throwing the ball, hitting the ball, kicking the ball, when you're taking a swing, is that it's so important you learn to follow through, keep the continual, emo- the continual motion until it's complete. Follow true. If you're married, you need to know about follow-through. If you have children, you need to know about follow-through. If you've got a job, you need to know about follow-through. If you've made a promise, you need to know about follow-through. Following through means to carry something to completion. It means to See something through to the finish. Keep your word. Keep your commitments. Now, I understand that different teachings have different flavors to them, and the Holy Spirit works in them to speak to us different situations in our life. This is a, this is a strong word, an important word for us this morning. I'll say, as I've said before, it's not necessarily one of those Jump up and down, shout hallelujah, isn't, you know, this is wonderful. Uh, uh, although you can jump up and down, sing hallelujah, and say this is wonderful through the whole thing if you want to, or certainly at the end. But this is not one of those, hey, this is really neat, this is really good. Well, maybe it is in a sense, but most of all, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to all of us today, something I think is very important. In life, you gave your life to Jesus. Perhaps I hope you've already given your life to the Lord, surrendered your heart to Him. You've become a Christian. You started out in that life. It might have been somewhat recently. It might have been a long time ago. I need to ask a question: How is your follow through? Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse eight is an interesting verse. It says, "The New King James Version says the end of a thing is better than its beginning." The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. I, I like the New Living Translation says, finishing is better than starting. Now, we know you can't finish something until you start it. We understand that. But there's a great tragedy when you start something, never come to completion. So the, the writer, the, the, the scripture here says, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. The message says, endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. 
sticking to something is better than just, oh, look at me. Focus on me. Everybody see what I'm, it's important that you persevere, that you walk this thing through. Unkept promises, unfinished goals and plans are sad. I want to give you four things this morning that will help us with a good follow-through, having a good follow-through in our life. Now, as I mentioned before, it's, there has to be a starting point. You can't live a Christian life if you haven't become a Christian. <laughs> a lot of people try. They try. They were brought up in church. They were taught to do the right thing. Maybe they attend church. Maybe they're a very integral part of a local church congregation. And they're trying to live that life, but they're really struggling, have a problem with it, because never had a personal encounter with the Lord. Never had that new birth and change within. And so they're, they're trying to walk this thing out, and there's, there's, there's nothing to draw from except exterior, legalism, do the right thing, keep the rules. And this is a horrible kind of life to live. And yet many people are going through the motions today. So you have to start somewhere, and with a new birth, it starts with that decision that Jesus Christ, I receive you as my Savior. I surrender my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Lord, I, I've sinned, come short of the glory of God, but now you died in my place, and now I trust in you as my Savior. Cleanse me, change my heart, and do a work in me, I, I, and you'll be born again. You'll be, made, you'll be a new creation, the scripture says. Old things passed away, all things become new. A new, brand new beginning in him. What an awesome thing. I think sometimes we become a little uh, inoculated. I think we get sometimes become, uh, uh, I think, hardened to this, particularly if we hear it a lot, if we're, uh, in, in, script, if we're in church a lot, if you're a believer already. Uh, we lose the sight of how magnificent, how wonderful, and how important it is for people to know Jesus, to personally know him. It's one thing that concerns me about uh, us as a local church, as a ministry here, and we've got people coming to the Lord on a regular basis, and, and many of you are reaching out. But I, I'm envisioning or I'm seeing the fact that if we begin to walk in a way that God's called us to walk, and we follow through with it, that we're going to see more and more people come to the kingdom because of your impact on their lives and because of seed you're sowing in their lives. But everybody has to make a choice. You have to start somewhere. You have to, to start. If you're going to make a plan, if you're going to have a goal, you're, this, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I'm reaching for. And so... Uh, you can't reach your goal if you don't know what it is. Um, let me point these four things out to you. First of all, if you're going to have a good follow-through in the faith, you need to count the cost. Count the cost. Um, many years ago, we went, we went down a few times to Mexico, mission teams. We would be driving along out in the countryside, get outside the city area, driving along the countryside, and you would come to these areas where it would be uh, a nice fence. Uh, they'd be fenced in, uh, maybe several acres, and back sitting off of the, the dirt or gravel roads be this beautiful home. And you could tell very quickly when you looked at it that it just wasn't complete. It wasn't complete on the outside, and no one had ever moved into the house. Uh, 
there were a lot of reasons that went into that. Sometimes they just ran out of money. Sometimes there was governmental changes and, and cultural changes, and uh, there things happened. Several years ago, uh, Jason and I, we were in China, and we were traveling through the, some of the, the large air, the cities in China. And by the way, we don't really know what a large city is all about. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people. And we were driving, uh, uh, actually, we were riding, uh, I think, in a van, a bus. We were driving, uh, going through a particular area. We, we got outside of um, Beijing and came to this area outside of Beijing. And here it looked like there was another city. And there were buildings, beautiful structures. Uh, there were several stories high. And all these buildings, the entire area were sitting there, never occupied, never used. Uh, they were built, first of all, for the world to look in and see how successful China was. It was built as show, as pride. But they didn't, have, they didn't have the wherewithal, the money, the ability to complete these things. So all these, these buildings just out there, like an entire city, and it was kind of eerie driving through that area. Never occupied. Never finished. I remember the story. I remember the, the story of, of a, a man who is known as Sir Edward Watkin. And Sir Edward Watkin, of course, was from London, England, that area. And he was a very successful man. He was a chairman of like eight different uh, British railway systems. He was a member of the British Parliament. He was uh, a visionary and an entrepreneur. And he had this, this vision of building a tower uh, in uh, Wimberley Park, as it was known, building a tower there. And it, it, he wanted to build it to make sure the Eiffel Tower had been finished a few years before. And his goal was to build this tower higher than the Eiffel Tower. And so they got everything together. They, they took bids on this. And uh, it was marketed as the Great Tower of London. It was to have a huge park and ball fields. Uh, and then there were several designs that were submitted. And, and the one that was accepted was... Uh, it was like an eight-legged, it was a large structure that had eight legs for the base around it. And it was 1,200 to be 1,200 feet high. Uh, it included uh, observation decks, restaurants, theaters, exhibition rooms, winter gardens, observatory, and even a hotel. Amazing. What a vision. Well, but the funds didn't come in. The finances didn't come in as they expected. And so they had to scale back from an eight-legged structure to a four-legged structure. And so they did this, but when they did this, they, they put the foundations in, they started, they built the building up about 154 feet tall, I think. But they found as they built it that because the the pressure and the weight that was to be shared by eight legs was now brought down to just being on four legs that the, 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 that it was not, the foundation was not strong enough to hold up the tower 
that could go no higher than 154 feet high, not the 1,200, not the 1,200 feet. Well, so they ran out of money. The tower was never completed. It was known as Watkins Folly or the London Stump. And what was supposed to be beautiful and catch the eyes of the world around it became the laughing stock of people all around that area and even through the world. They started out with a goal, with a purpose. They had a vision. They saw what a wonderful thing this would be. But they didn't count the cost. And it remained unfinished. It was closed and unsafe to the public. This is around 1901, I think it was. And then a few years later, they demolished it. Never completed. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, beginning verse 28, Jesus said, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether the army of 10,000 could defeat their, the other army of 20,000 soldiers that were marching against them? And if, he, if they can't, come against this larger army, he says, then we'll send a delegation out there and we'll discuss terms of peace with the enemy while they're still far away and they don't know. Verse 33 says, Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. That's a strong statement. And what Jesus is saying here is that when you make this kind of decision and when you're, you have these plans, these goals, what's in your heart to do, what God's called you to do, that it, it begins by you, first of all, looking at the situation and counting the cost. And I don't think that's just counting the cost financially. And it's good to make plans, isn't it? It's, it's good to raise, I mean, it's good to have funding. It's good to have the money. It's good to have money even before you start something. That's good. Most times I would recommend that. But seriously, when God puts something in your heart, you don't necessarily have to have the final payment in your, in your pocket before you launch out into that, if you have confidence and faith to believe that the supply is there. So many people have started out with these things and said, well, I don't have enough to do this. I've, I've looked at it. It's beyond what I can do. It's beyond what I can afford. But I'm going to forge on because God's going to bring it to pass. Well, that's wonderful, and that can be true. But if their faith doesn't match that, they run into a problem. We receive everything by faith. And if you're going to be, you've got to submit these things to God. You have to come to a place of saying, Lord, I believe that you're my supply. I'm not going to get over in fear or doubt. I'm going to make wise decisions. I'm going to, to save where I can. I'm going to give liberally. And I'm going to be, believe that miracles take place and it comes to pass. I've counted the cost and I believe it's done in Jesus' name. But you're going to have to count the cost when, when you're looking at certain situations in your life and decisions you've made. It's important to do that before you launch out. Understand the sacrifice that's out there. Living the Christian life, a life of faith, is wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful. It can be a joy-filled. It has all kinds of benefits and privileges. But living the Christian life has certain challenges and difficulties 
There are things you face. There are things that a believer is going to face. Jesus talked about in the last days, things that believers would have to face, would have to deal with. And so when you're in the Christian people who make this decision to begin the Christian life, or even those of us who've been believers for a long time, we should not take that lightly. He's paid the price for us to have a brand new life, but there is a price to pay in walking out discipleship and being true to Him. But it's a good thing. He gives us the victory. Secondly, if you're going to have a good follow-through, not only count the cost, but make sure you make a solid commitment. Make a real commitment, not just some type of little weak Yes, I will, but a solid commitment to something. Uh, I, I think the idea of commitment is taken too lightly today, don't you? You know, if, if, you, if there's a time of indecisiveness and vacillating back and forth with something, that should be done before you make a commitment. When you make a commitment, you ought to put your foot down and say, I'm committed to this. Commitment's a strong word. It means to be devoted and willing to give yourself to something. Commitment. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25, the Bible says, it is a snare or trap for a man to devote rashly something as holy and afterwards to reconsider his vows. Now, that may not make a whole lot of sense there, but if you live in translation, maybe you'll see it more clearly there. It says, don't trap yourself by making rash promises. Don't trap yourself by making rash promises to God, and then only later you count the cost. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 says, When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through with it, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises that you've made. That's a strong statement, isn't it? And good intentions are not enough. Good, you know, well, I meant to. I intended to. Follow through is more than good intentions, isn't it? You remember the story that Jesus told, the parable, told uh, this particular parable of two sons where the father had two sons and he came to the first son and says, I need you to go out into the vineyard and work today. And the first son said, okay, I will. But he didn't. He went to the second son and uh, and. No, I think I have that backwards. And suddenly, go out, work in the vineyard today. Son Andrew said, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind, and he went. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which one of these obeyed the father? Interesting parable has all sorts of truths in that. But essentially, when you, you look at the person who says, yes, I will go, you have to have good intentions, but you have to have more than good intentions. You have to say, I'm going to follow through. Not be like the son who says, yes, I'll go, and then didn't. Now, he may have never meant to go, but the possibility is there and probability are there that in the beginning when he said, yes, I'll go, that he may have actually intended to go, but changed his mind. Regardless, you remember the saying, road to hell is paved with good intentions, a road to failure is paved with good intentions. It's true. Folks, well done is always better than well said. So it's so important for us to make commitment, keep it. Yes? Count the cost, make a solid commitment, a real commitment. Thirdly, it's important if you're going to follow through to continue steadfastly. Continue. Stay at it. 
Um, I, I think we live in today, and much of society is an I quit society. I quit. I quit. I don't like it. I'm tired of it. It's too hard. It's not what I thought it would be. I quit. I start a job. Start a job. I don't really like this job. The boss is unfair. Get married. Oh, I love, I love my spouse. The honeymoon. Life is new life. Life is wonderful. But life gets routine and things happen. And the relationship grows cold and says, I'm just not in love anymore. I don't want to stay married. I quit. Even in a situation here with the, the, the tragic murder of the unborn and the tragedy of abortion, those who decide after a baby has been conceived decide, well, this is not convenient. This is not a good time for me right now. I quit. The government, our government over the past several years has developed the art of deficit spending. You know what deficit spending is? It's spending what you don't have. Spending more than you have. And this is spilled over into individuals to where in society so many people spend money that they don't have. Go deep in debt. Waste not keeping their commitments. You've seen some of the commercials. They're, they usually have to do with credit card commercials. And you come on there, and they're the poor victims that have owe all this money on their credit cards. But they're being told by this attorney or by this organization, it's kind of like you get the idea, how dare these people you borrowed money expect you to pay them back? Shame on them. You don't have to pay. You borrowed the money. Yes, you did. You, but you don't have to pay them back. We've got another plan for you. Now, I understand in finances, there are different decisions, choices people can make, different directions people can take. But the idea here that, that we get with this is that, you know, yes, I made that debt. Yes, I made that commitment. Yes, I put my name on the dotted line. But I don't have to pay it. I don't have to fall through. I quit. People begin their Christian life. People begin in, in ministry and what the Lord's called them to do as a believer. And they continue sometimes just excited about it and ready to go and, you know, uh, just want to see what God's going to do. And they're hard workers and they're involved in it and they're passionate about it. But after a while, because perhaps they're not staying spiritually renewed, Perhaps after a while, when they face some difficulties and become a little frustrated, maybe someone didn't treat them right, things happen, they get tired, they get burned out, and they decide, well, you know, I think I'll just step back for a while. Now, there are instances where, where people need to step aside or step back. There's time for rest and restoration. But so often, people will begin in this journey, and when they hit a roadblock or when they come up against obstacles and things happen and they just come to a point, it's so easy it's just to say, well, you know, I just think I'll get on the sidelines now. I don't want to be a really, I don't want to be 
an active member of the team. I'm just going to get on the sidelines. Or tragically, some people just say, no, I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. How heartbreaking is that? So think about it for just a second. If we're going to continue, if we're going to continue to follow through, there's a couple things that are extremely important. First of all, if you're going to follow through, there needs to be the right kind of preparation and training. You must build a good foundation in your life if you're going to follow through. Time in the Word, time in prayer, time in worship. This is called uh, a time of learning the Word and growing, becoming spiritually mature. If you're going to follow through, you need to become spiritually mature. And so in order for us to continue We need to build a good foundation. That means we must prepare. There must be training, teaching, foundation. The second thing I would call visualization. Now, I'm not talking about mind over matter, these spooky things right now, or psychological. I'm not talking about that. But there is truth in the Scripture where the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The mind is a powerful thing. The Word says, we want this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. The scripture says in Romans, says you need to renew your mind. Renew your mind according to the word. You came to Christ, your heart was changed, a brand new life. But still lived in the same body. Still surrounded with the world system and things that you experience every day. Many of the thoughts still line up with things that are contrary to the word of God and contrary to the kingdom of God. So it takes a while. In the Word and in growing as a Christian, it takes a while for you to renew your mind so that your thoughts line up with the Word, lines up with God's thoughts. That is extremely important because tragically for so many people, they begin in in their walk as a follower of Christ, and, and yet they maintain the same worldview as those outside the body of Christ. Same priorities. Same attitudes. And and that's not only tragic for their sake, but it's tragic because they're a terrible witness for what a real Christian is supposed to be and look like. So here, when we talk about when we talk about continuing, we need to we need to understand it's very important that that we understand that we've got to come to a place to see it. See it from God's perspective, to visualize. I'm not a golfer. I should have had one of you guys or ladies who, if you're a golfer, should have had you demonstrate the follow-through shot here. But I understand that whether you realize this or not, that technically, if you're going to get ready to swing and hit a golf ball, that this happens in your mind first. In your mind first, you think about the hold, you think about the stance, you think about the swing. So that actually the follow-through takes place before you even draw back to hit the ball. And what happens is, whether you realize it or not, is that as you do these things in your mind, you're visualizing it. And as you visualize these things, you're getting in a position so that when you take the swing, there will be the, the right follow-through and the right result. Think on these things, the scripture. There's certain things to think on. There are things you must, there's things you must fix your eyes on, fix your heart on. And this is extremely important. If we're going to follow through, if we're going to continue in the faith, we have to learn 
to, to come to a place to where we visualize these things. This can be from different things. It's got to have something to do with your personal life, um, maybe your own career. Uh, it may have to do if you're a student. I think most, a lot of our students are out meeting in another place right now. But um, this can have to do with your future. You have to visualize. This is what I plan to become. Now pray about it. Get the Lord's mind in it. But you visualize your plans for the future. You think about them. You see them before they take place. That's, that's what faith is. Faith is seeing it on the inside before it comes to, comes to, uh, before it comes to happen, before it takes place on the outside. Um, this amphitheater, I saw the amphitheater at least six years before we broke ground. Now, I didn't see every little detail and little changes be made. In fact, what I saw was smaller than what we ended up with. My vision wasn't big enough. But I saw it. And I can't tell you how many, and this is just a little example. But I can't tell you how many times, even when I was by myself, and I'd be over here on the grounds, that I would walk around, and I would walk up that hillside, and, and walk over it, and in my mind, I saw it. If I'd not been able to see it, I would not have come to a place to believe for it. Faith establishes that inside of you. Faith is a substance. So that, that's so important that you begin to, to understand that oh, our thought life is extremely important when it comes to faith and receiving from the Lord. So understand there's got to be right preparation. There's got to be right there's got to be visualization. Very important scripture. John chapter 15, verse 4 through 8. Jesus said, abide or remain or continue in me, and I will remain or continue in you. He says, I'm the vine, you're, I'm the, vine, you're the branches. Those who remain continue in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away, useless, branch, withers. Gathered, piled into to the fire, burned, verse 7. But if you continue, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything. It's such a strong statement. <laughs> we try to put conditions and limitations on this verse, but if you just read it at face value and believe it's the word of God, it's real strong. It says, but if you remain or continue in me, and my words remain or continue in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And we know it must align with God's will. No, we must ask it with the right motive. We know all those things. But this is an extraordinary promise. He says when that happens, it brings glory to God. Look, you're right about it's, it's like a bicycle. You can't just pedal one, a, few a few turns and then coast a while and expect to continue. Eventually, you're just going to fall over. So you must continue pedaling. In the Christian life, you and I must keep pedaling. Too much coasting going on today. Too much coasting. The uh, Greeks had a word, a word was, the word was akrasia. And the word akrasia actually uh, spoke of being, of having, not having very much self-control. Some of us can identify with this. Acrasia meant that, that 
you didn't have enough self-control to do what you wanted to do, or you didn't have enough self-control to keep from doing the things you didn't want to do. That's kind of the way Paul described himself the last part of Romans 7. Things I want to do, I don't. Things I do, I shouldn't do. Oh, it's a miserable life. What do I do? That's a crazy And it's usually procrastination. It's usually saying, I started with something, but I don't have enough self-discipline to follow through and continue with it. But when you understand who you are, and when you understand what he's done for us, and we look at, I mean, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, lives in you, was given to you by God? And here's a strong statement. Paul says, you do not belong to yourself. Now, that'll change your view of life, and that'll change your approach in living if you understand that as a believer, you do not belong to yourself. God has first dibs. He comes first. You're bought with a great price, the Scripture says there. You're bought with a great price. Jesus paid a great price for us. So you must honor God with your body, with your whole being. Galatians chapter 6 says, Don't grow weary in doing good. At just the right time or due season, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't quit. Continue. Fourth word, complete. If you're going to follow through, you need to complete the journey, complete the vision. Finish strong. Hey, I want to encourage you this morning that God wants you to finish strong. I don't care what age you are right now. I don't care what your age is. God wants you to finish strong. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up or how many times you feel like you've come up short. The future is still out there before you. God wants you to finish strong, but you have to start right now. You remember back in Judges when you, when you read in the Scripture about uh, God had delivered the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel, and, it, and they had come through this long journey in the wilderness, because of, because of their own, it's due to their own fault that it took that long. But they, they finally come to a place to where they, they were to enter into the land that God's promised, in the promised land, Canaan. And so here's his word. He says, go in and take the land that I have. He says, go in and possess the land I've given to you. Interesting the way that's put in Scripture. He says, go in and take what I've already given you. That'll preach big time. It takes faith. It takes you taking the step to say, I'm going to reach in and take what you've already promised and I'm going to possess it and have it. Now, that's not selfish. It's, it's doing what God tells us to do. So, he says, go in and possess the land I've already given you. Go in and get it. And so they, they move in. They take the land. They possess it. Well, he says, Get rid of the rest of the people that are living there, the foreigners, the, your, the enemies. Remove them, every one of them. That sounds harsh. But there was a reason for that. There's a lot we could go in here. But it's, extreme, it's extremely important that there not be this compromise here to where there was one pagan Paganistic society living there 
where they mingled with and compromised with, and it affected the people of Israel at this vulnerable time in their lives when they came in and taking the land that God had promised them. Well, they moved in, they took the land, but they did not follow through. They didn't remove the enemies. And because, the, the, listen, the result of that was not good at all. It didn't follow through. Remember in Revelation chapter 2, the story of the church in Ephesus? Oh, it starts off when it starts talking about Ephesus is bragging on them. It's be like, man, this is a great church. This is a great church. Look at everything they're doing. Look at how they're persevering. Look at how they're standing. Look at how they're standing for truth. This is a great church. You would never imagine when you're reading that. When at the beginning, you would never imagine that he would come up and say, "But there is a problem. You have left your first love. They were not following through. Everything had become." more external. They lost their passion. And he, he warned them. He says, if you don't get this straightened out, he says, rekindle the, if you don't rekindle the fire, then you're going to lose the fire. Hey, I love Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Paul said, I am certain that God, I get this, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will complete or continue this work, will continue this work until it is finally finished to the day of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I am confident that God will finish what was started in your life. Man, that's, that's where you can take hold of that and say, Lord, you know, these things that you're doing in my life, these things you want me to do, look, uh, it's by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's by your help. I can't finish without you. I can't, I can't follow through without you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need to take these steps of, 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 of building my life up in faith and discipleship and becoming stronger and mature Christian and understanding to renew my mind. All these are important. Lord, I can't do any of this without you, but your word says that you began a good work in me and you are faithful to complete it. Man, listen, folks, I'd take hold of that. If you ever kind of feel like backing away, back on, you need to take hold of something like that. Oh, no. No, no, no. What God started in me, he will bring it to pass. You need to get a hold of that. Bring it to completion. You can because 1 John 5, 4 says that everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. You can finish and finish strong. You know, the wrong follow-through can blow the whole thing. You can botch the whole thing in the last few seconds if you get your mind off the goal. How many times have you started something, decided it wasn't worth the time or the energy, you got discouraged and you decided just to quit? I'm sure all of us have had some experiences like that. If you, had, if you haven't done this already, it's a good time to say, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I quit. I'm sorry that I backed away. I'm sorry that I gave up. That's where you start. But then I need to encourage you beyond that. 
that because of God's great grace and mercy, it's never too late to see things turn around. It's never too late, too late to make a course adjustment and position yourself in a place of blessing and fulfillment. Don't give up, don't fizzle out. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, Paul says, don't, don't miss the whole, I'm just going to read the last part of the verse, but don't, don't miss the power of this. Says, he says, run in such a way that you may win. As believers, we all can win when we just simply fulfill what God's called us to. We all win. The victory's already ours. And he says, run in such a way. You know what I ask, to ask myself right now? If I'm going to live this out, follow through. If I'm going to follow through in the 2020 vision, I'm going to follow through with it, then I've got to run in such a way. Well, what kind of way is such a way? Well, we've been talking about that. We've got to run with a changed, transformed heart. We have to run with a renewed mind. We have to run with a steady diet of the word and prayer. We have to run with a heart of worship. We have to run with getting our relationships right with others and not allowing strife in our life at all. We have to run in full confidence and faith that what God promised he will do. And what he has done, has already completed for us, he will bring it to pass if we believe. Count the cost. Make a commitment. Continue steadfastly. Complete it. Well, you may have seen a little pattern there that it's C words, but it helps to remind that. But I just give you one more word before we go. Celebrate it. Celebrate. In your life, you need to celebrate the victories that God gives us. It gives you. You need to celebrate what, what he's doing in your life right now. Don't get your eyes over on all the things that are going wrong or could go wrong or all this area on all the challenges that are out there. Never forget that he wants us to walk a life of joy. He wants to experience us to experience joy in our life. He wants to, the Christian life can, is supposed to be the most joy-filled life on the face of the earth. And he wants us to celebrate what he's done for us, who he is for us. He wants us to celebrate victory that what he's called us to do, he will bring it to pass. You need to ask a question. How is your follow-up? Where are you there? Are there some things where you need to begin this morning and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I backed off. I quit. I gave up. But Lord, I repent of that. Forgive me. And now, Lord, help me restart, reset, and launch out. Count the cost. Committed wholeheartedly. Hang in there with it continually because you've got the power of the Holy Spirit that will help you until finally it is finished. And there is that in the scripture that says you come before the Lord. What words, what wonderful words it would be to hear when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on, enter into the rewards. Celebrate. Follow through. Amen? Amen? Hey, would you stand? I want to pray for you before you go today. Thank you, Lord. 
Well, I don't know who you know or not, but I've been giving an invitation through the whole message this morning. Um, and this is really how it takes place every Sunday. It's not just about, at the end of the service, about having a time for people to come forward and be prayed for, which that's always good. It's always wonderful. I don't want to ever discourage you from doing that. And I, I want to encourage you this morning, if it's something God's been speaking to you about, some place where you've backed away in your commitment, some place where... Uh, Uh, he's spoken to you uh, this morning about how you need to walk this on out now, follow on through, go on with what he's called you to do. Maybe you've come to a place where you're a little discouraged and uh, and you're in doubt as to what the next step is. Look, look, you can trust him. He'll show you. He'll speak to you. He'll he'll, he'll give you that new beginning this morning. He'll touch your life this morning. Now, he'll do it right where you're standing. Uh, That's absolutely right. But if you've got it in your heart or he draws you to come here, if you want special prayer, it's always available up here. There'll be people that will come and pray with you. But regardless, I just want you to hear from him this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we take just these few moments to surrender to you, to commit to you, Lord, in devotion. We devote ourselves to you, Lord. You deserve our very best. You deserve our all. Forgive us where we have not continued Forgive us when we've stopped short of where you've called us to be and of what you've called us to do. Forgive us, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace that sweeps across this building this morning and people sense down on the inside. Thank you, Lord. Even though I messed up, you forgive me. I'm forgiven. I can start fresh right now. And Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I look to you. I trust you. Come in and empower me. Fill my life. Change me. And Lord, work in my life in such a way that I'll begin to, I'll begin to go forward and I'll begin to see what you call me to. I'll begin to see where you've placed me. I'll begin to see the opportunities and I'll take them seriously. And I'll walk them out through your grace and through the power of your Holy Spirit. And I will see them completed because you're faithful. And you're faithful. He who is faithful will do it. And you're faithful. And Lord, I thank you for that now.